quiet quitting, tipping grievances, and liberal lunacy on full display by Charlemagne the Fraud. This ain't your mama's podcast. It's the Chico DeManuel Show. Let's get it. You know, I was working, what was it, yesterday? Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm fine up. You should, too. There we go. Okay, so, yeah, I'm at work yesterday. We got about a week, week or so left of the World Series, if that. We're almost at the main event final table. And this doesn't happen to me often, typically because I'm a good dealer and Generally, when people lose at my table, they tend to be good sports about it. You know, if they do, they are upset or disgruntled. They handle it away from the table or they handle it, you know, like an adult. You know, they don't take it out on me knowing I'm simply just a mailman. I'm just delivering the mail. I'm sorry I had to be the one to deliver your foreclosure notice. I'm sorry I had to be the one to deliver your divorce papers, but somebody's got to fucking do it. And I think a lot of people at the World Series of Poker understand that compared to other times in my poker dealing career where getting berated or dealer abuse was just a fucking norm. It's just a norm. So what I want to say is I'm dealing. A guy loses. He gets to the end kind of bad. He loses. And his parting comment was something along the lines of, man, I just can't get over these, this, this, this piece of shit poker room and these piece of shit dealers. And it's like, I've been doing this shit 13, 14 years. Like, I look at that shit as just a weak, immature guy. Or, like, I don't even take it seriously most of the time. Most of them are cool people. It's just losing is upsetting. Losing is very upsetting. Hell, I was just playing cards at Resort World. And I fucking turned a boat with sixes. And a guy rivers me with a boat with eights. And fucking snaps me off from my whole stack. And I'm just like, fuck, man. These sixes again? Like, god damn. When am I going to get over this hump? And it's like... I wasn't particularly mad at the guy. I was mad at the outcome. You know, I'm allowed to be mad at the outcome. But I wasn't going to let that outcome, which I was completely aware was possible and could happen, derail my whole gambling stint, you know? Gambling's supposed to be fun, okay? 
And I know losing isn't fun in any regard. If you were fucking playing competitive cornhole or darts or you were fucking running a race or whatever, you don't want to lose. Nobody wants to lose because losing doesn't come with bragging rights. And bragging rights are a uniquely annoying kind of right to have, you know, because it, it's, it's, you're gloating about prior exerted dominance or victory over somebody. And like, it's unchangeable. And people definitely don't want to relive their losses. I understand that. However, something that I think a lot of people lose sight of, especially when they gamble or gamble excessively or gamble compulsively, is that, first of all, gambling is a losing game for anybody that's not the house, for one. But aside from that obvious tenet, gambling is, is 99% of people are going to be losing to the top 1%. There's only a select few at the top that's actually crushing this shit. And when you start gambling and it's not fun, it starts to feel like work or it starts to feel like a chore or a task. It's a completely different vibe that surrounds it when you're constantly worried about, oh, if I lose this hand, I'm fucked or, oh, I'm down 2K today or blah, 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 blah. You know, contrary to the guy who thought we was all pieces of shit because he sucks at poker. There was this other guy who called this guy's pre-flop raise like 30 bucks with like deuce three flops a set of deuces, which has happened to me before. And it's infuriating. But when I think about it, I've done it to other people. And if I'm so worried about the hand he called me with and how he plays his cards, which is totally his prerogative, like, am I really having fun? When I look back on most of my poker experiences and my gambling experiences in general, I tend to win more or be the less disgruntled after the fact. When I go in and I have fun and I try to loosen up and I engage in some conversation and I crack some jokes and I be personable and shit, like, gambling is supposed to be fun. Like, that's, that's, that's the bullet point here. And I think every now and again, people need to be reminded of that. Like, if you're just coming in here because it's not fun or you don't have, like, a social crew that, that you kind of, like, some associates that you get this shit going with, it's like, it's not, it's not fun. And it starts to become detrimental to your character because now you're bitter now you're all tense now you're mad at the game and you're mad at the players when like they haven't done anything that you can't do like gambling is the act of betting on a circumstance or outcome that is unknown at the time the wager is placed like i said i'm not mad at guy for calling me a piece of shit like whatever maybe i am a piece of shit i do deal a lot of bad beats and i'm generally fucking unmoved by it like i've dealt so many beats like I'm just on to the next hand. It's like, yeah, sorry, bro. I just got my ass snapped off before I came here. Like, what do you want? Like, you want like a fucking top billboard hit on the world's smallest violin? Like, no, I, I lack the capacity to give a fuck. But that's also because I understand that like, if you're going to gamble, you have to learn to have fun losing. Nobody tells you this when you start gambling, especially and nobody lets you know that there is a threshold you can cross to where gambling becomes fun and where gambling becomes work or where gambling becomes serious. You know, like the more serious it is, it's a good rush and it's a feel good, but that's because there's more risk on the line. Like if you just gamble five bucks and it's five bucks on the line, yeah, five bucks is a juicer. That'll make it fun. But if it's $5,000 on the line and that means like paying your rent, paying your mortgage and you don't have a way to immediately 
replace or supplement that money. Like it could be a daunting thought. And if gambling isn't fun, that's the number one way you should realize that you shouldn't do it. Gambling is supposed to be fun. I cannot stress that enough. And I see so many poker players get caught up in the daily grind. I see so many gamblers who just who think that this shit is supposed to work for them. And it causes them to engage in obscene and abnormal behaviors like berating dealers who are nothing more than staff provided to facilitate the game. So you don't got to worry about the prick next to you cheating you out of money or people doing some fuck shit or robbing you or, you know, you can make sure that this shit is officiated. It's 11 million cameras looking at every fucking thing at all times. Like there's no room for air, you know? You are voluntarily stepping into the on, on enemy territory. The casinos have home field advantage. They always have the edge and you step in knowing this, you know? I think... It's another reason why I think we need more female poker players in the game because it would be more of a commonality between men and women. And it would be, you know, as long as it doesn't fall into a realm of toxicity, it would be a better a better tool for, you know, mending some of the damage that's done in this imaginary battle of the sexes that we seem to be engaged in in this country. Like, you know, men and women should be able to have fun gambling. You know, we should be able to gain experience and you know, meet new people and do all other stuff. Like, we're all here for the same thing, man, you know? And today, I gambled my ass off. I gambled from, like, 9 in the morning to about 3 in the afternoon, 2.30, 3 in the afternoon. I was playing craps. I played a little blackjack. I played some poker. I rode the swings. I went up and down, went up and down, and I was fortunate enough to come out ahead. You know, I had to dig a little deep, but it was just nice and refreshing to see, that like, even though I've been... Because I was thinking, like... I'm at I'm dealing and I'm hearing all this poker talk amongst players and I'm like, why does this shit irritate me? It's like because I'm always looking at it from a dealer perspective. And it's like I don't really like to talk about poker because we all know about poker. You know, we like I like to just have like general conversation, like we're a bunch of people, you know, just playing this game, but we all at the table. It's a social event. Like poker is one of the funnest games with the with the best odds on your money that you can get that you can find in a casino. You know? And you notice that the funnest games tend to have the most, like, craps got a shit ton of odds. But craps can be fun. It can also not be fun, but that's anything. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, craps are one of the funnest games in the casino. I would say poker is the second funnest game. And then blackjack is third. And anything else is just fucking asinine. I don't consider slots fun anymore. They're just robbery machines lurking around and just fucking, like, fuck you out of every dollar that you got on you right now. But I digress, you know. I just think this needs to be said. I think people need to be reminded that the reason that the, the reason that you're still playing this game, because a lot of these people ain't new, especially if it were a series of poker, I, I would say it's much more experienced players and new players in the field, just in general. People come in from all over the world. Like, you, you, it's more, where was I going with that? It's more experienced players than it is new players. And, um, yeah, I think I lost where I was going with that. But, like, you know, you know, I just was playing poker today and I just remember how fun it was. And I think that's why I was able to like go from like a stack of 200, like within a matter of an hour and a half at a pretty nitty table. I was able to grind that shit up to like 600. And it was like, I was just picking my spots wisely. Like I was just reading the table. I had a good eye on everything. And it's like, it just felt good, man. It just felt good to get back in my element and it was fun. And, you know, I was ready to quit if need be, but like I was still ready to risk everything. Like it was like a real healthy thing, you know? Gambling does a lot of good. Like, you know, it gives people hope, you know. 
it 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 funds everything and like you you never know what kind of people you'll meet doing it you know and i think that that message needs to be it needs to be communicated to more amateur players and like some of the experienced players just need to be reminded of it like what got you into this yeah that's what i was what got you into this was the game being fun so whatever is turned into now it doesn't perpetually have to be that way you know it can still be fun but like you have to let it be fun like if you go in there and you get fucked up for a, a grand, two grand, five grand, like I heard some guy say he was down 4K this week from playing PLO. And he would just call with anything and needling people and thinking nothing of it. He was just tipping like like just real, real uh, heavy. He was just tipping heavy on hands that didn't really seem to warn it. And I'm just like, wow, thanks. You know, like guy was just having fun. You know, he didn't really give a fuck. And he was snapping people off. He was like, dude, I'm sitting there playing cards, man. I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Positivity. I think that needs to be said. I think people need to be reminded that, you know, even if you see it as immoral or whatever, like so many people like to gamble because it's the same reason why people commit crimes. Crimes pay. It's a good chance you'll get caught, but you don't look at the chance that you'll get caught because you look at at the takeaway if you aren't. And it's the same concept that applies to gambling. Like, you know, you look, you, you, you know, it, it just... If you can manage to do it responsibly and help healthily, you know, it could change your life. It could, it could, you know, get you out of debt. It could, it could upgrade you like it could. And it could also ruin you completely and degenerate you. And it does to some people. But even if those people are having fun, I don't mind the degenerates. Like the degeneracy is on them. Like the fun part is like it should be like a staple, a tenant of gambling. Have fun. I shouldn't even be able to ramble about this shit for as long as I have, but... You know, it, it's just, it's sad, man. It's sad to see people go here and dump all these thousands into some shit and lose. And, it, and at the very minimum, not even enjoy doing this shit. Like, that's like shredding up all your money, sprinkling on your front lawn and spending three hours raking that shit up and putting it in bags. And then afterwards, you got a fucking backache. And like, you, you, you're, you're worse off now financially. And like, you didn't even enjoy that shit. You just kind of like, what the fuck, man? I got fucked through this chore that I wasn't really anticipating, and now I'm bitter about it. You know? Gambling needs to remain fun for everybody. If you're not having fun gambling, you need to figure out why before you keep gambling again. I'm not against gambling. I love gambling. Gambling has made my life possible, you know? But if if you're not having fun, step away from it and figure out why. And don't go back until you're ready to do it for fun. When you look at it as entertainment value before you look at it as future or career, you know, albeit the phrase no gamble, no future. Like, you know, the smart ones know know what that means. It's not as literal as it's being said, but, you know, you got to think about the future. Have fun gambling. Tell your friends to have fun gambling. Tell your family to have fun gambling. Hell, tell the stranger sitting next to you or whatever the fuck you're doing gambling. Have some goddamn fun. Live a little. Or get the fuck out of the casino. Fortune, courtesy of Yahoo Finance, Oriana Rosa Royal. The Gen Zer who sparked the, quote, quiet quitting movement has left his corporate career because it turned out mentally checking out of a job doesn't work. <sighs> Last July, Zaid Khan uploaded a 17-second TikTok about, quote, quitting the idea of going above and beyond 
and the term, quote, quiet quitting has been on the tip of workers' tongues since. After discovering the term, the 25-year-old engineer's video explanation captured the attention of more than 3.6 million people worldwide. Quote, you're still performing your duties, but you're no longer subscribing to the hustle culture mentality that work has to be your life. The reality is it's not. And your worth as a person is not defined by your labor, he says in the viral video. Soon after the clip was posted, the, the, the quiet quitting hashtag caught fire and reached workers in most corners of the globe, from the UK and Europe to the US. Today, over 858 million people have glazed their eyes over content using the quiet quitting hashtag on TikTok alone. But now, it looks like Khan is backtracking on the anti-capitalist slam dunk that he inadvertently made a viral sensation last summer. The novelty of quiet quitting soon wore off. I was all for the idea of withholding labor from companies who don't care about us, end quote. He said in a video, updated video on his TikTok channel last month. In practice, this looked like being less responsive, taking on less work, and not working full eight-hour days, but the novelty of quiet quitting soon wore off and was replaced by paranoia. Despite, by his own account, having an under-the-radar job that meant he could get away with underperforming, he found himself troubled with a, quote, looming fear that you're going to be found out and fired. This, he claims, was followed by an existential dread of, what am I actually doing with my life? Khan tried to use the energy and mental load free from not pouring his all into his job, but into his extracurriculum activities. But spending more time creating music and producing TikTok content didn't leave him feeling any more content than he was before he embarked on quiet quitting. What's more is that his team started raising suspicion about how much work he was or wasn't doing. It was then that he realized that the only way out of his career slump was out the front door. It wasn't until I made the decision to actually leave my job that I just felt this enormous weight lifted off my shoulders, he told Insider. It's a decision that I wish more people could make because I do think life is too short to be dissatisfied wherever you are. Because the reality is work does consume so many hours of our lives. The onus is on management. Since stepping away from the corporate world, Khan is now reportedly working on freelance projects, he has distanced himself from any blame that has sparked the quiet quitting movement. Quote, I learned that poor management is truly to blame for disengaged employees, Khan said in his recent video. If you don't feel like you're part of a team or in some sense connected to your work, of course you're going to be alienated. You are not the problem. What's more, new research suggests that like Khan, thousands of workers are giving up on the idea of quiet quitting. Instead, they're turning their frustrations to management by loudly tossing in the towel. These employees take action that directly harm the organization, undercutting its goals and opposing its leaders, Gallup wrote of the trend in the 2023 State of the Global Workplace Report. The story was originally featured on Fortune.com. All right, so, uh, yeah, we read this together. Mm. We read this together, and, uh, shit, it took a couple twists I didn't expect. Um, let me see here. The part where it says, you're still performing your duties, but you're no longer subscribing to the hustle culture mentality that work has to be your life. The reality is it's not. And your worth as a person is not defined by your labor. Okay. So first of all, quiet quitting, dumb as fuck, just dumb as fuck, relatable, but dumb as fuck. So as far as this quote, you're still performing your duties, but blah, 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 subscribing to the hustle culture, like hustle culture, like hustle as in make money. I understand. Like I had to develop a work ethic myself. I don't always feel like being at work when I'm at work. Fuck. Sometimes I'm at work and I'm having an absolute awful day and I wish people would just fuck right off. Like, you know, but I can't just tell people to fuck right off or fuck left off or fuck off in any direction. 
And who says that work has to be your life? Like, what do you mean work has to be your life? Yes, work has to be your life. Every individual who exists and benefits from the system set up by other people's work and who wants to, you know, be a part of it consistently and regularly, you're going to have to work. Work is your life. Just like sleep is your life. You're going to have to sleep a good portion of your life. You're going to have to work a good portion of your life unless you get lucky and hit the fucking lottery or get some kind of inheritance or, you know, you become viral because 7 million kids stared at you for 10 seconds. Your worth is... uh, uh, and, And who said that work is to be your life? Like, a lot of people, like, just... I remember Joe Rogan talking about Elon Musk, for example, and Jordan Peterson touching on this. Like a lot of men, uh, uh, a hyper percentage of men are willing to dedicate the vast majority of their lives, despite their families, despite their children, despite anything else, to be in the top like 1% of whatever area they're in. Like they're willing to work 80, 90, 100 hours a week. Like they don't have other hobbies. They don't, they don't deal with the sun. Like these motherfuckers are cubicle rats. These motherfuckers put in work and they put in work consistently and they don't complain because this is to some degree they figured out that they they discovered their niche. Like this is what they are. They exist to do. They have a purpose in life that drives them forward. So where such thoughts of like work is my life just don't occur. Now, should everybody adopt that mentality or that strategy? No, probably not. Probably ain't gonna work out for everybody. Because we already got 3.6 million motherfuckers like you re-hashtagging it. And it's been seen by 858 million people across the world. So, uh, you know, that's that. And your worth as a person is not defined by your labor. The fuck it isn't. How is it not? How is it not? If you're a man, how is it not? Like, if you're a lazy motherfucker, like, I don't care how light you are. Like, people will like you and fuck with you. I've had many people who are good friends but bad employees, like, it's like, I don't dislike you as a person, but working with you makes me want to strangle you because you're lazy. You talk too much. You take too many breaks. You're easily distracted and you want to put most of the work on me and use whatever little friendly vibe, whatever friendly conversation we've managed to muster up amongst ourselves as some pseudo rapport for friendship. Like we, we buddies now, like you crack a joke with me and I do your work and mine. Like, fuck you doesn't work that way bucko and then they say like after the clip was posted it caught fire but uh the novelty of quiet quitting soon wore off what novelty like the it was new for you to go to work and just be a bum like i guess that is new for some people but it's not new for a lot of people i kind of adopt this mentality as well but like my mentality is more i want to do just good enough to not to where they don't want to promote me but they will gladly have me come in and perform my duty again you know like, I'm not going to complain about shit. I'm not going to be bitching and, and politicking and all that shit. I'm going to come in and do my job and leave, you know? And if I have a problem, I'm going to take it up with somebody. And if it can't be taken up, then I fucking move on. Or I find another job. He had an under-the-radar job that he could get away with underperforming. Found himself trouble with a looming fear that he was going to be fire, found out in fire. Well, why do you think that is? You think that's an accident? You think you just randomly ate a pomegranate one day and now you have a looming paranoia that you're going to be found out and fired about your low productivity because of your poor attitude and your low work ethic? The fuck? <laughs> then he 
was followed by an existential dread of what am I actually doing with my life? And I thought he was going to turn the corner here, but he was creating music and producing TikTok content. And then his team started raising suspicion about how much work he was or wasn't doing. People started talking about his ass. Like I said, you could be a good friend, but a shitty employee. And it was then that he realized the only way out of his career slump was out the front door. Like he knew it the whole time. He just didn't want to face it. And then yet and still, he makes the fucking the, the turn of events on some M. Night Shyamalan shit. The onus is on management. Poor management is truly to blame for disengaged employees. Sometimes. If you don't feel like you're part of a team or in some sense connected to your work, of course you're going to be alienated. But like we never discuss why. That's true in some, in some thread of the, of the explanation. But to, to generalize that and use that as your point, I think is a bit generous and egregious. You know, new research suggests that thousands of workers have given up on the idea of quiet quitting just like him. These employees take action that directly harm the, uh, the organization, undercutting its goals and opposing its leaders. Like your low productivity is not it's not about how people feel. Like, motherfucker, if you walk in a pair of shoes that you've had since you were like 15 years old and then the motherfuckers get a big giant hole in them that you can't fix. You just going to keep wearing them bitches and like risk the damage to your foot that would otherwise be negated by having some fully functional shoes because of all the time you spent with it. No, you might have a little moment. You're going to toss some fuckers in the garbage, go get some sketches and get back to stepping. Like not because you hate the shoes or you feel bad for the shoes is like because you need to protect your feet. Fuck how you feel about the shoes. Like how you feel is you need to protect your feet because you need your feet flat out loudly tossing in the towel like who the fuck is supposed to have to put up with this behavior because you're unsatisfied with your job get a new job like it doesn't the grass is not greener on the other side like wherever the fuck you go you're gonna have to put in some work little bitch <laughs> like it's just some crybaby shit and it's an entitlement that i feel has been seeded by the advancements and convenience and and social media and distancing like this shit is a double-edged sword and it's part of the reason why this motherfucker and this quiet quitting shit gained any traction. Should never have gained any traction. It should have gained ridicule to some degree. He should have articulated his point a lot better than sounding like a little whiny bitch about the fact that you got to work in life. Get over it. <sighs> Jesus Christ, man. Give me a second. Okay, this is from Spend. This is on MS CNBC, I believe. Is it C CN or M? It just says make it. So okay, it's probably MSNBC by Isabel Engel. Tipping is quote not a sustainable system, says twenty five year old pizza delivery driver. My income relies on the goodwill of others. All right. So um, this is quite a long article. Like part of me doesn't want to get into reading it because like I'm going to want to stop at some point, but I'm going to just kind of finger through it right now. And uh, I'm going to just read. I'm going to read over it mentally and then read it out aloud. The part that I really want to talk about because I just, man, shit like, just reading shit like this, hearing it and disagreeing with it makes it harder for me to read sometimes because I just, I feel like I'm just listening to some bitch talk and it's, it's, it's just annoying for me. But uh starts off by saying, 
On a typical Monday, delivering pizzas in Lincroft, New Jersey, Brendan Madden can make $13 in tips, or he can make $200. The nature of tipping is extremely unreliable. The Luigi's famous pizza and catering delivery driver tells CNBC, make it. Driving around Lincroft and neighboring New Jersey towns, 25-year-old Madden never knows how much he will make in a given shift. His baseline salary is $5.26 an hour, and he makes an additional $1.50 for each delivery he completes, according to documents verified by CNBC Make It. The rest of his earnings are determined by tips. For context, minimum wage in New Jersey is $14.13 per hour as of January 2023. Madden works 30 to 40 hours a week, divided into several 10-hour shifts Monday through Thursday. Yet no week of pay is the same. Madden says it all depends on the generosity of those answering the knocks at the door. Tipping doesn't work as a system for paying people, he says. I don't think it's a sustainable system because not everyone tips fairly. I just try not to think about money as much as possible given how unreliable it is. You can't guarantee you're going to have the same week that you had the week before. As much as he tries not to think about the money, Madden often talks about the tipping debate with his co-workers at Luigi's since it's one that crucially affects their daily lives and income. Living at home with his parents on leave from college, Madden realizes he is fortunate to not be living paycheck to paycheck just to cover rent, but he knows this is not the case for everyone. How do other people survive like this? So I'm going to read the next headline, but I'm going to go back and talk about this shit. It says, tipping is not goodwill, it is crucial. Okay, so as far as this first stanza, let's be clear. I'm 31 years old. For the vast majority of my life, I've held jobs where my income required tips. I've been a bartender. I've been a poker dealer. I've been. I've worked as a detailer at a car wash, like waiter, uh, all that kind of shit. I've done roadside, uh, uh, roadside service, and I needed people tip me when I was doing that shit. Like people have tipped me my entire life. And one thing I can't stand, especially as a poker dealer doing the World Series of Poker, when motherfuckers are walking around complaining about how much money they make. One, I don't like to complain because you never know who the fuck hears you and you never know who the fuck's talking. And your affection, your actions affect all of us. Like you bitching about how much money you didn't make is not me gloating about how much money I did. But I don't want to suffer the negative result of your, your fucking boohooing, you know? So is, when you're working a tip job, this guy's on leave from college. So it's like... You're working 40 hours a week as a, as a pizza delivery driver. Like, how do you not have this figured out? Like, for one, when you're working for tips, yeah, it's, it should be understood that this is not a stable, consistent income. Like, you are relying on the goodwill of others. But I've relied on the goodwill of others. I have good days. I have bad days. But I think I've had way more good days than bad days. You know, when I have bad days, it's usually because it's just not... Uh, it's not the business there to really have a good day or I fuck something up bad and I deserve to have a bad day. Maybe I had a bad attitude or maybe I, 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 I fucked up something that was crucial for somebody else and they didn't feel I deserved a tip, which I'm totally okay with. But this, like when I'm at work, I hate motherfuckers coming and complaining about, man, I just shipped this guy $6,000 pot. You fucking didn't even throw me a dollar. It's like... It's just like a bad beat story. Why the fuck do you think I want to hear about your minor misfortune? And how much money do you think you're supposed to get? There's a lot of factors you don't know about the guy who won that pot. 
Yeah, he might have won a six grand pot, but he might be stuck 15 grand. And then all you really need is a dollar a hand. If you're getting a dollar a hand, crank them fucking hands out. You can make 30 bucks an hour easily as a poker dealer anyways. If people are giving you a dollar a hand, like a dollar a hand has been a very reliable standard in the dealing as a poker dealer for as long as I can remember. Like I've been making $30 upward an hour as a poker dealer fuck as far back as I can remember, you know? And I think when this guy tries to take it and and complain about it in the sense that it doesn't allow him to live a, a, a lifestyle like because of his inconsistent income, it's like, well, for one, the type of job you have is perfect for the kind of situation you're in. You live with your parents at home. And you're on you're you're on leave from college, like it's the, it's, the, it's off semester, it's like summer break or whatever the fuck. So like, you really just all this shit should be play money. Like you living with your parents, you kick them a little something out of generosity, you know, just as a thank you, because you know they probably let you stay there free, but don't, you know, throw something on the bills or whatever. But like, bro, like you you got it good. Some days you make thirteen, some days you make two hundred. That's literally the tip business. You just said that tips are is crucial on the goodwill of others. But it's a lot more factors that go into it besides just the goodwill of others. It goes into the attitude of you, your appearance, the quality of your work. And there's a lot, a lots of factors that prevent other people from tipping, not because they don't have the money or whatever, but you know they 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 uh you know they, they maybe maybe they're going through some hard time. Maybe they would normally have the money but don't have the money, or maybe you did something that they didn't like. Maybe you shared an opinion, an idea, or maybe your performance just sucked. Or maybe they're just cheap, or maybe they don't believe in tipping. Like, tipping is a is a optional thing for a reason, and that's why when I'm in my tip job, like when I'm when I'm in my tip jobs, I am not the person I am. Like when I'm at home, like when I'm at home, I'm a rough, coarse, brusque asshole. But when I'm on these tip jobs, it's like I don't have any capacity for that asshole shit. I get mad sometimes or whatever, but it's not about me. One thing good he said that I do agree with is I just try not to think about money as much as possible. When I'm at work dealing cards, I have the best days when I just sit there, shut up and deal, and, you know, just, you know, chat with some of these gamblers. You know, I hear some cool stories. I, I get a good laugh. You know, I talk to some cool women who play poker, which I'm absolutely 100% on. I love female poker players. But, you know, I I try not to think about money as possible as much as possible. Like, if, I'm, if I ship somebody a $10,000 pot and they throw me a dollar, my mentality is like, shit, that's more than zero. That's better than getting stiffed. And the quicker you throw me that dollar, the quicker I can get to the next hand and get my next dollar. I'm thinking about the dollars ahead, not the dollars that didn't come to me. And for the dollars that don't come to me, every now and again, it irritates me. It is like, wow, really? But that's kind of like the extent of it. It's like, wow. And it's not even like a complaint. It's just like, oh, wow, I genuinely expected a tip here, but I didn't get one. Wow. Okay. Whatever. Next hand, next whatever the fuck, you know? Some people you're going to give terrible service and they tip you good. Some people you're going to give excellent service and they tip you bad. But to try to... Str- and then and nowadays, everybody's asking for a fucking tip. Like, I feel like there are certain occupations. And yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty much done with this article. Like, what the fuck? I'm going to just read it. Uh, Tipping is not goodwill. It's crucial, blah, blah, blah. Few customers realize how important tips are to delivery drivers. If you didn't tip the server at a restaurant, blah, 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 it's kind of the same. I guess I would say the difference if you don't tip a delivery driver as far as a server in a restaurant is like the server doesn't have a fucking SUV and GPS and like a, all the amenities that an automobile produces, you know, 
they're usually busting tables and carrying trays and shit and running food and and they're frantically being pushed to their physical limit for hours at a time with multiple people way different than just hopping in your car and dropping some shit off so it's not almost as if you didn't tip the server at a way the server is doing all the work you're doing work too but you're driving a car which is something that i think what 90 percent of the population is able and capable of doing you know so it's not like it's like ordering to go and then you're getting mad because you don't get a fucking tip it's like well all you did was put my shit in a box <laughs> like you just put it in a box Relying on gratuities makes a flawed system, blah, 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 be kind, be patient. And it's like, now he's encouraging customers to be kind and patient and recognize their privilege when it comes to tipping, especially if the tipping doesn't, the debate doesn't offer their day, affect their day-to-day wages. Like, this is why I don't want to read this article. Like, why the fuck are you talking about somebody else's finances when it comes to tipping? And like I was saying before, everybody wants a fucking tip now. Like, you fucking, uh, uh, uh. They was telling me I should tip the people who give me feels and shit, which I'm not opposed to, but shit, if I got to holler two and three and four times to get a fucking feel and then pay you for that delayed service, which cost me money because the person that needed chips or the person that needed a feel, which was me, didn't get that. And that delayed a task that I needed to, 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 to fulfill. So like, if you're going to delay me and slow me down, why the fuck am I going to financially reward you for that? You know? And I think it's certain occupations where like, Tipping kind of just works. Like, you know, the valet guy, you throw him a buck or two or whatever for driving your car that couple hundred feet and not fucking it up. You, you know, you're giving them your baby. I get that. You're in a restaurant, waiters, bartenders or whatever, they're on their feet. They're at your beck and call. Like, you know, uh, you shit, poker dealers. You know, if you didn't have poker dealers running the game, you'd always have the risk of like cheaters and mechanics and all that kind of shit in there, you know. You don't have to pay as much attention to the game, most of the time anyway, when you have a dealer. And, you know, this is a person that otherwise wouldn't be compensated for the time that they're spending. And you otherwise wouldn't be able to have the luxury of playing poker the way you do without this dealer. You know, and those kind of occupations, the tip kind of fits. But when you fucking go to like, but I'm in like the smoke shop or whatever. I'm just like buying some smokes or like buying some blunts and shit. And I whip out my card, and they got these little handheld, like, fucking pay, pay device things. It's like an uh, 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 80 cell phone, but for paying shit, you know? And I stick it in there, boom, boom pin number, blah, blah. Would, you like, would you like to tip? It's like, what, so now I got to tip the fucking smoke shop cashier? Like, everybody wants a tip now. Everybody wants something just for simply existing. And that shit bothers me. Because I have never just expected a tip for existing. Every, every single tip, every single dollar I've ever been given, I am 100% thankful, grateful, and appreciative of. And I may not have put my best effort into everybody that's tipped me, but I damn sure tried. I tried to give everybody, I, I put myself second within reason when it comes to earning these tips. Because I want people to feel at ease. I want somebody to get my service and then get somebody else's service and then realize why my service is the shit, you know? And if anybody's willing to give me anything, it may not be what I want. But like I said, I try not to think about that shit. I just try to think about doing the best job I can. If I do the best job I can, I give myself the best chance for the desired outcome most often. I don't walk around complaining about how much fucking money I made or how much money I didn't make. And I especially don't do it to my coworkers and comrades. Like, who wants to hear that shit? Who gives a fuck? And I'm tired of hearing people complain about people not tipping. 
Especially when you're in industries where that shit is kind of a fucking, it's an elective. Like, it's a bonus. Like, I would just be tipping you because you said a joke I like or I know you personally or something. But, like, you didn't actually provide a service to me, you know, that, you know, if you go to the barber and he hooks you up real, real fresh, he did a little extra something. But you're like, oh, my God, God damn, I'm looking crispy. The cut's 25, you give him 35, you give him 30, you know. Because you feel good. Like, he, he did something. He put a little extra oomph on that shit, you know? Made it look nice, and he was polite. And he talked to you, and he engaged with you, and he gave you an experience as opposed to a service. That's where the tip comes in. So just thinking just because you're the motherfucker that drives around on your little electric scooter or in your Prius or whatever the fuck, slinging pizzas up to people's doorsteps, you know? I understand that is work, that is effort. But it'd be different if you had to, like, knead the dough bake that shit, put all the toppings on it, cut it up, serve it up, put that shit in, you know, cook all the pizzas, then deliver all the pizzas. It's like, man, you hustled your ass off. Like, you know, here's a little extra for your troubles, you know, because I see you're working hard and I appreciate your work ethic, if nothing else. All this complaining and shit talking about it's a it's a relying on gratuities makes a flawed system. Like, why are you relying on gratuities? Man, you're in college. Aren't you planning on getting a fucking degree? Where you can like actually get a job with like a, a weekly, bi-weekly uh, salary, something. You want to be a fucking pizza? You want to be, uh, uh, you want to be Philip J. Fry your whole life? And then complain and try to manage other people or comment on other people's income. And try to make it seem like it's this big togetherness thing. Like we all, we got to work together to make sure people get the tips. It's like, no, nah, just shut the fuck up. Stop thinking about yourself so much. Do your damn job. Think of ways you could be creative. Think of ways you could benefit people and, you know, genuinely help them and it be about them and not you. And you actually mean it. You actually care. And then let the rest happen. That's how you work a tip job. And if you're working it for a living, you're just going to have to be a lot more conservative. I've, it, it's definitely made me careless with my money. And it's something I'm trying to work on. Like, I, you know, I know I have an ability to make it back generally easy. But I've been doing this so long, it's never a vibe where I'm just coming in here trying to collect from people. Like, I legit work hard for every fucking dollar I get. I don't want no freebies. I don't want no handouts. I probably take them. But I want people to feel good about their decision and feel good about making that decision multiple times. And I want to be able to get them to do that in a way which is genuine for me also. And I don't think this is something that anybody's ever talked to these little tipping motherfuckers about who are crying because one day you make 13 and some days you make $200. When I was working at Wynn during the Wynn Summer Classic, I would walk out of there with like three, three fifty regularly, maybe a little less if I worked tournament, but that would go on my check. And then when the series, when the Summer Classic ended, I went from walking out with like three, three fifty every night to walking out with like 75, 80 bucks. It's like, that's the business. It's the fucking business, man. And a big part of that was because it was just less people there now. The event ended, people had went back to their hometown, their, their native land, whatever the fuck, and that's just that. So there's just not the human element. There's not a volume of customers bringing in this profit that there's a piece of to be got. You know? So what should I tell these people? They need to spend more money on airfare and move to Las Vegas and do all that. No. It means I need to be uh, thinking about the future. If I'm gonna be complaining about how living on the uh, what 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 he say, how uh, uh, the the goodwill of others is you know if it's not sustainable, what's the fucking problem here? Stop trying to sustain yourself with it, and stop trying to 
verbally just badger and bludgeon people into tipping you when all the things that used to warrant a tip are no longer present. Those things are just gone. People just want tips because they exist, because they got a heartbeat. Guess what, bucko? Doesn't fucking work that way. Change your attitude for like six months. Then come back and tell me how you feel about motherfuckers tipping. I bet you if you change your attitude and fix what the real problem is by looking at the three fingers pointing back at you, when you're pointing at them, your whole, every, everything will be different for you. You will be so gracious to even be able to hold a tip job and have the opportunity to serve and give people an experience. You won't have time to bitch about the money you're not making. Shut the hell up. This one ain't no article. I'm going to try to keep it short because Charlemagne the fraud really pisses me the fuck off. This guy rarely has anything really genuine, like universally positive, or just not condescending to say. This is the most condescending individual I've, all, I've ever had the misfortune of listening to who like rarely as far as my experience, says something useful, uplifting, something that makes sense. I saw this clip. I'm, I, I was trying to work. I was working on getting it on here so I wouldn't have to, because it's audio, and I, I don't have the article to read to just skim through it. So I'm going to figure out a way to get this shit on here. If not, just go to Real Time with Bill Maher and look at this segment that includes Charlemagne the Fraud. And I call him Charlemagne the Fraud because I don't know really what he's done besides be an overly opinionated, pretentious prick, in my opinion, to, like, be called a god. Like, I already struggle with the concept of the god that we all know in reference on a regular basis. So, the fuck I'm going to call this average Joe, mother? You don't even have hair. Are you going to be a god? Come on, man. Anyway. So, yeah, he was on Bill Maher, and they were talking about the reparations that people are getting from, uh, I think I think it started in California, the reparations that people are getting for slavery. And to to summarize what he said, or the point, the gist of what he was saying in the best way that I can, he's basically saying there's a debt owed. Like, my ancestors were put through slavery, and the best way to repair that is, you know, with cash. He said he thinks he should get a check. You know, he's already famous. He should get a check because he's 97% West African from Charleston, South Carolina, blah, blah, blah. What the fuck? And Bill Maher even acknowledged it. Like, but you, like you as in you, the person that's making these, these laughable claims, you haven't actually went through slavery. He's like, yeah, but I'm a descendant of slavery. Okay, so what? If you a descendant of a lottery winner, should that mean you should never be broke? For the rest of your life, what if your predecessor blows all the fucking cash? You gonna say he was wrong because nobody stepped in and taught him how to manage his money and budget and spend correctly? No, you're just gonna be a broke bitch. I I really don't. He was on there saying things like they spent seventeen trillion dollars on an F thirty five fighter jet. America needs to look at black people like those fighter jets because, you know, we built this country. And I don't disagree 
fully with that statement as much as I just outright question it. Like, what the hell do you mean we built this country? Like, the infrastructure? The culture? Like, what do you, what do you mean we built this country? Who is we? Like, this is that, this is a, a flavor of that radical, Afrocentric, like, extra pro-black shit. And I've never really been on board with it because it's doubling down on a fucking double standard. Like, it's basically do unto others, but the thing that others have done unto you has not actually been done unto you in your lifetime, just people who are responsible for you being here. Now, even when I just say that, I automatically think those people are way stronger than the person you are now because they went through it, got through it, kept their bloodline going to bring your entitled crybaby ass in here to say you need money and give it to the poor and disenfranchised. Like, if giving poor people money, like, solved the problem of poverty, like, there would be fucking poverty payroll pass-out centers littered across earth god damn it like being poor is only a curse to those people so entitled that they could not see themselves they don't think it could be them like you don't think you could be poor you don't think you could end up on the street you think you're in some unspoken realm where things of that magnitude are not you're not capable of experiencing events of that magnitude like homelessness or being assaulted or being burglarized or fucking just or being poor like you don't think that shit can happen to you but it fucking can and it probably should because a lot of these motherfuckers have never went through adversity but they've been parroting down all this shit that they've been hearing their parents and their elders and in the the lore and whatever community that they was brought up in they just been regurgitating that shit, but it's like having all the tools to build a house. You got a saw, you got a hammer, you got nails, drills, blah, blah, blah. No blueprint. You got all the two by fours, you got the glue, you got the, the, the wiring, but it's just, just no blueprint. So it's like, are you going to walk around telling people you know how to build, you, 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 know, you know how to build a house, you got all the tools and shit, you got everything you need to build a house, but like you can't build it because you don't really know like how to assemble and align the tools necessary. That's what I think Charlemagne the Fraud is serving a great big dose of here. And it's fucking sickening to just, to see he's, he's, I don't know if it's because it's directly benefiting him, but it's like, listen to the shit you're propagating. And there was another guy on the Bill Marshall. He, he was Frank. I don't know his last name, but you know, he was saying if there's a debt to be paid, I'd gladly pay my debt. But it's like, is cash really going to help these people? The people that's supposed to be poor and disenfranchised. And, you know, you know, it's poor and disenfranchised white people, too. Right. It's poor and disenfranchised Hispanic people. It's poor and disenfranchised Asian people. It's poor and disenfranchised Europeans. Like it's poor and disenfranchised Austrians. It's poor and disenfranchised people every goddamn where. And another thing these people that pull this slavery shit love to do is they like to act like the, the United States built slavery or like they were the only people like like they're the most recent slavery is the most the most important one and it's like slavery was a very common like what the fuck 
like having a cell phone in a way is kind of slavery because it's, it's the little device. It's just not human, but it's the little device that does everything you tell it to do when you tell it to do it. And you get the perks of not having to complain. That is actually more elated to serve you as it gets to know you and your tendencies. Like, that's where we are now. I have so many problems with everything that fucking Charlemagne said. He's just asking questions like, so, so if it ain't the cash, what can repair it? First of all, are we ever going to evaluate what needs repairing here? Because what we're talking about repairing is a total car. Like when you total a car, it's fucking wrecked. It's not, we're not just going to knock out some dents and get a new, uh, get a new grill, you know, fucking, uh, rebuff and pop. No, it's fucking through. So look at that total car as the atrocities committed by white people during the slavery era, which by the way, everyone did. So to demonize white people, like they are the, the sole recipient and, and, and synthesizer of just all things racism, especially to black people, it's, especially in today's day and age, it's a really ludicrous claim. Like if you say that, you really hoeing yourself. Like, why would you ever say that? And be on, on, on a platform like Bill Mars and you just like, you say, you can't write a check to a ghost. Why not? Now, see, the game he plays there is like, if you answer that question, why not? You've already lost because you've hopped off the, the, the train of rational thought and logic and pragmatism. And you got on the fucking kitty train where forward is backwards, green is, is bagel, and everything is just is some willy-nilly shit that's arbitrary and based on how the person or, orchestrating the current trending revolution or cancel culture, wokeism parade or whatever the fuck it's constantly changing. You know? Black people absolutely did shape the culture of America. It's, 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 it's forever embedded in American culture. But America is supposed to be the melting pot. America welcomes everybody. Like, all these people are American. And they all have poor and disenfranchised people. And they are not victims of the violent abuse or enslavement that happened to their ancestor. And it's like these people don't, don't ever take their thinking and it's kind of like extrapolated, even on a real minute level. Like, okay, like, so, like I said, with the lottery winners, so like if my dad wins the lottery, does that mean I win the lottery too? You know, because I'm a descendant of him, and he was a lottery winner, so that means I should get some too. Nigga, he blew that money in two weeks. Right, but I still get some too, right? It's like they, everybody is look. Everybody is looking for this, this just utopian paradise that's always just out of reach. Like people are so willing to eliminate the 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 necessary hardships, the grueling tasks which mold and shape you as the person you are and ultimately develop and build the character that drives you and propels you through life. They want to take that away. Which I would even be cool with taking it away if you had something legitimate to put in place of it, a, a worthy substitute. These motherfuckers want to substitute it with hedonism. Victim mindsets. Like, I've actually received in, in my life experience, I've actually received, I would say 
a significant chunk, I don't want to quantify it, but a significant chunk of generally better, friendlier, more trustworthy treatment from white people than I have from black people. Like, I kind of miss all that culture and shit because I kind of just saw through it from the beginning. It's like, I don't experience this whitey vibe y'all y'all uh, prophesizing. Like, I don't, I don't hear it. I don't see it. Motherfuckers always said I was I acted white or I was goofy or whatever. I played video games like I was different. It's like, and I now see that the video games didn't make me different. I just knew that y'all was buying into the bullshit, and I bought into it some too. But I bought way less bullshit. Like people, my ex girlfriend once told me that she wanted to, she almost wanted to break up with me because like. We didn't watch the same movies and shit growing up. Cause she watched like BET and she watched the Cosby Family and fucking Martin and uh, the Steve Harvey Show, Cedric, D.L. Hughley, all those fucking people. It's like I didn't watch that shit. Fresh Prince. I just didn't watch that shit. I didn't watch it. Wasn't interested. I've always been interested in animation and, and, and now adult animation. And now I'm barely interested in that because I don't really have time to fucking watch TV because I'm over here ranting about motherfuckers and their goofy ass ideologies and the gullibility of these fucking people, man. They just eat this shit right up. That shit, that shit is surface level, frontline, awareness level bullshit for me. Like, as soon as I hear that, I'm like, what the fuck? I really would like Charlemagne the Fraud to like elaborate on that we built this country with some detail. Maybe like do a documentary on it. And when the documentary is over or something, it's like conclusively, he said, nobody can dispute that. Like, we're like Just because your granddad was a stronger, much more durable and workable and useful man than your ass to ever be. Just because he went through some trauma and the, 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 the contemporary views of that time you say that you would you you try to apply uh, to apply the morals of the modern time into like ancient times and it's like you would not have questioned slavery if you existed during that time it would just be a commonplace thing you wouldn't have all these human rights groups a motherfucking running around throwing paint and soup and shit on things and blocking traffic all this weird shit wouldn't have it um, just, uh, I'm, I'm getting to that point where I, I know I'm getting rambly. Like, I just really, I already didn't like Charlemagne. I'm just thoroughly disappointed with him. He's woke as fuck. Black people don't need checks. Nobody just needs checks. Who the fuck needs a bunch of money just thrown at him? Like, if you're going to entertain that black people need this shit, you should also entertain the possibility that some people are not going to be in need and they're just going to be looking for the cash grab. So they'll say that shit. You can't tell me that's not possible. Cash motivates damn near everybody and everything. Sure, it could be other motive, uh, motivating factors, but like, yeah, definitely the cash will make people say shit. That's obviously fraudulent, stupid, useless, and shouldn't be regurgitated, but it is. If you are a black person living and thriving in America today, whether your ass is in the fucking, in the, in the jets, 
whether you in a, a fucking condo, apartment, a house, or whatever, if you a black person with a social security number and, and, and you identified and you are taken care of by this country, you need to be showing a little bit more gratitude somehow. Like, figure it out. Not to tell you what the fuck you should be grateful for. Like, this is the best time to ever be alive. Ever. And there's more complaints than ever. Motherfuckers walking around still talking about, man, why are you in the man holding us back? Get your dumb retarded ass out of my face, you woke bastard. Quit trying to spit that not keep that poison in your own box. I don't want to hear that shit. And I'm gonna get real I, I, I mean it. Like that shit is 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 literally like pure evil. It's like pure evil. I'm not no fucking victim. I'm not oppressed. With the shit that my grandmother persevered through, and I assume my grandfather persevered too, whom I never met, like, but the shit, the, the, the way that my grandma was because of the life she lived is, ir, is irreplaceable. You, you cannot, nobody born during this time is ever going to be like that ever again. My grandma was a strong, hardworking, traditional woman who I admire and have the utmost respect for. Even more so after her passing, which is, is, you know, it's not great, but they say you don't know what you got till it's gone. Well, there goes the American culture. Whitey's racist, black people is victims, and throw some money at us. Fucking stupid. How can you drop a raw egg from a height onto a concrete floor without cracking it? Now, before you just blurt some shit out, think about it. Take a second. I'll even repeat it for you. How can you drop a raw egg from a height onto a concrete floor without breaking it? Have I thoroughly stumped you? Well, if you want to know the answer, tune in to the next episode of the Chico Demanwell Show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I highly, highly appreciate it. And until next time, I will holler at y'all. Thank you.